Welcome to the What in the Shiba podcast with Sujia and Ed. And Jilly. And Jilly. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. And a dog. Hi, Jilly girl. She's like, she's like a permanent fixture now. I think she's she's an official co-star. Yeah. Huh. Because she's so good. She's such a good girl. We I don't know if, if you guys have been watching on us on our YouTube, sometimes, a lot of times, actually, Jilly stares into the camera and it's terrifyingly cute. She knows her angles and she knows when, you know, what we, we, what we need from her. The She's giving. Hi, <laughs> girl. Hi, Ed. How was your week? Good, good. Um, I feel like not that much happened, you know, just everyday stuff, but... The Matthew Perry thing. Oh fuck! I know. Away. I don't. I get it. And sometimes I'm like, oh dang, that sucks. But like, I don't normally get, you know, that Wait. affected by celebrities dying. Yeah. But the Matthew, mm, the Matthew Perry thing really hits me hard for some reason. And I've been trying to figure out why this whole week. Yeah. And I can't tell. Like, I did love Friends as much as everyone else did, but like, I don't think that's it. I think when I was a kid even though I wasn't allowed to watch Friends, cause it was like, I just wasn't allowed to watch TV, yeah. if you guys remember that story. <laughs> but um, I think even in high school and college, cause I watched a lot of Friends like freshman year of high school, college. I think I like developed a lot of my personality and identity with Chandler. Oh my God, that really makes a lot of sense. And then your defense mechanisms, yeah. your sarcasm. Yep. Oh my God, and are then you the Korean Chandler Bing? And then subsequently, I like identified with Matthew Perry, the human. Because yeah. like, I yeah. was like, I he was struggled a so really much. sensitive kid. Yeah. I used to get bullied and made fun of all the time. And it was like in fifth grade that I was like, you know what? I'm going to act like a bully just to shield myself from being bullied. Like right. I didn't actually bully anyone. I just... Decided, I was like, if, I, if I'm an asshole, right. I'm not going to get bullied. But then after Friends, I was like, oh, I can deflect with humor. Mm. And that became my whole personality. Yeah, right, right, right. And then when like I found out after Friends that like Matthew Perry was like struggling with drugs and stuff. And then I was like, wow, that I identify with that because there's like a sadness to being funny all the right. time because you're like masking insecurities and stuff. So I think like I just like really identified with him. And I think I like really championed him over the years. Like I didn't pay too close attention, but I always kept being like, come on, Matthew, get, get, We're rooting together, for you. get everything yeah. together, like yeah. get back in the spotlight, like whatever you need to do. And I think that just like between that, the aging thing, like having friends who are now like at the age of like having heart attacks and dying. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's like, it's, coming a a, it's a lot. It's a lot of like reality. Right. And I think a lot of the, I think he himself, Matthew Perry said that he, wasn't like necessarily acting like he was Chandler Bing. Yeah, that's Chandler what Bing I mean. was him, and so yeah. they, were, they were the two things were the two people were intertwined. You know, they yes. weren't separate, and so I think I, I think a lot of people are having a really hard time with this one. I know yeah. that I am. Um, you know, Friends came out when I was in my late late. Wait, what year did it come out? I don't know, but I was you know an adult. I want to say like early to mid ninety like three or something. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, like ninety, yeah, something like that. So I was like you know late teens, early you know young adult. And so I identified with that show completely. Like these yeah. young people trying to find their way. And I think a lot of people feel that way, but I also have this like, I don't wanna say special connection. I have this very special place in my heart for Matthew Perry because one of my friends growing up worked with Matthew Perry, like as one of his, like his people. I'm not gonna say who, because she's actually quite famous in the industry as one of these people okay. who does her particular job. Um, but so she worked very closely with Matthew and she's like, I was like, I'm in love with Matthew Perry. I love Matthew Perry. I, I love people who are very obviously 
I'm you're, you're my podcast partner. Sarcasm is a language I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I loved him. I was like in love with him. You know, he was like one of my like celebrity crushes. And we got to go to tapings of Friends. And I was like, I don't think anybody, do you have ever been to a, a sitcom taping? No. It is like 16 hours. I, I heard that's part and of the reason why I like don't go. One slice of pizza, and you're like, I'm going to die here, but it's so worth it. Because <laughs> I was on the set of the most popular show. Yeah, that's crazy. And it, <laughs> While also going, <laughs> for 16 so, right, hours. Right, right. Yeah. And then in my mind, I thought, okay, if I ever meet Matthew Perry, he will fall in love with me <laughs> and we I will get married. And I'll be Sarah married Michelle Gellar, yep. <laughs> right, we all have that, yeah. we all have that one and he was my one. And so when I heard that he had passed away, I was, I have never really um, experienced denial like that. Like my friend texted me, my friend Sherry was like, hey, did you hear the news about Matthew Perry? Because she was with me at one of the tapings and she's like, can you believe he passed away? You went to multiple? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, wait, what do you mean? I was like, that's not funny. That's that's not a that's a weird joke. Yeah. Why would you say that? I was totally in denial about it. And then I I was that was a thing. Remember recently? For when sure. Yeah, people, people would like, do that. Yeah, this celebrity like, passed. Your favorite you're like, celebrity what? died. It's yeah. like, oh, that's a mean trick. But yeah. I was also in like this gymnasium at this school watching this volleyball game, not one of ours, but watching a volleyball game. And I had like no service. I couldn't get online. I just got that random text. So I couldn't research it. And I was like, I don't oh know God. if she's lying. I don't know if it's true. And I was like yeah. panicking. And then I found out that it was true. And it's I think also because Friends is still so much a part of popular culture. Like it's not something that happened. It's like like Seinfeld. Seinfeld happened and then like that was it. It kind of fizzled away, yeah. Right, new generations of people are obsessed with Friends just as we were yeah. back when it first came out. Partially because it's not as problematic as like say Seinfeld. Was. Right, yeah. right. It does have a few things and there For definitely sure. has like sexist well, like, undertones. It doesn't like, have a Kramer who was right. you know, Ugh. super racist. I hated that show, let's be honest. But um, you know, so I think so many of us it's still so much part of our, our consciousness. So so losing Matthew Perry was was really sad. Yeah, bummer. I, I do know what you mean. I, I actually like cried when I first found out and like yeah. watched that first video of like yeah. people reminiscing. I was like, oh, oh my I God, like, why do they I play feel this the way? Friends theme song and it's all slow and like. Oh, did you see the Charlie Puth? No, I don't want to. I don't want to see he it. He had like a concert like that night or something and he like played the Friends song and then it immediately went into um, that Fast and Furious song uh, for Paul Walker. Yeah. yeah. My husband also is, you know, in AA. And so they are, he has had meetings with Matt Perry, Matthew Perry in the meetings. So I'm not allowed Your to husband really- husband met Matthew Perry? No, so they do a lot of Zoom. He doesn't go to a lot of in-person oh. just because after the, he got sober during the pandemic. So he's just kind of accustomed to doing a Zoom, um, which I, I probably maybe shouldn't have said because he knows, everybody knows he was in, in AA. He, he was actually very- adamant about that. He like yeah. championed yes. recovery so much. Right. So, you know, when my husband found out that, you know, they had lost Matthew Perry, he, he took it really hard too. Cause you know, we didn't know at the time what he had passed away from. And so sometimes they, you know, we wondered, did he relapse? Did something, you yeah. know, so you, you know, worry you don't know. about that. You worry. Yeah. yeah. So, and it, and it was like something, it was comforting to know that, you know what I mean? Like as hard as his life was, right. he, he like right. stayed strong. And, his body just gave out. And so, fortunate that he got to live to f see something like his book come to fruition. I haven't read it yet. I definitely intend to, but just to see something that like, he really, I think genuinely wanted to help people and really to have did. been able to have done that. And I think his book is now like number one. Um, Wasn't Matthew Perry the one who like opened up a house yes. or his house yeah. for yeah. recovery? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. He's, he seemed like 
he seemed like he went through really hard times and really focused on helping other people to yeah. get over it. And that yeah. that is something else that I also identify with Matthew yeah. Perry. Yeah. Damn it. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Like, Matthew Perry was also someone who I was like, not romantically, but I was like, if I ever meet him, he's going to be like, best friend, man. Yeah. You, you and me, me and you. You know how he, <laughs> <laughs> that face. Sure. Yeah. For sure. We will miss you, Matthew yeah. Perry. We peace, I, he's, Matthew he's got definite, has a place in my heart. We won't ever forget you. In fact, I went to your uh, daughter's volleyball game yeah. the other night, which I'm sure you'll talk about in a minute, but your sister's daughter was wearing a French shirt. Oh yeah. That night. Yeah. And I asked your sister, I was like, oh my God. I was like, does she wear that? And she was like, oh, she doesn't even know. She's like, she's too young. I was like, yep, that, make, that yeah. makes sense. It, it's like a, it's yeah. like a, a 10 year old wearing a Nirvana shirt. They're like, yeah. oh, it just seems cool. It's something cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you have no idea how timely that shirt yeah. is. But, but yeah. also I was also like, why does everyone all of a sudden own French shirts and I don't all of a sudden? I was like, why does everybody have a French shirt? Have you always had one since yeah. the 90s or is this a new shirt? Yeah, I was like, where is this coming from? But um, how was your week otherwise? Uh, my week was super busy. Like you said, we had a volleyball game and uh, we had our first loss of the season. It was so tough. It was tough, but it was a great it game. It was a great game. We went three games. It was one and one. And then in the last game, we lost by like three points. I mean, it was so close, you know, and I coach. So like watching my girls like play actual volleyball was so inspiring. And, you know, there's one particular player on the team that is, you know, not my daughter who didn't really love playing. She didn't really love playing. I think she just did it because her sister did it and her parents kind of made her. And this game was the first game that I really saw her enjoying herself. And yeah. she had this huge smile on her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was getting all of her serves over. She was jumping up and down. She was so excited. And I really had this moment where I was like, okay, whatever the outcome of this game is, no matter what happens from here on out, win or lose, this moment is one of the moments that is going to be burned into my brain and my consciousness forever, because this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm devoting so much time to this team. So yeah, you talked about her before the the yeah. tall one, right? And yeah. she she looked she looked she was she has a very calm persona, yes, right? She's she does. like very put together, yeah. but you could you could tell that she was focused, but she wasn't dreading being there. You could tell no. that she was enjoying she it. Really and in fact, it was fun. like it was very you know very a lot of kudos to you because like you can tell that the team they're a team. Okay. You know what I mean? I feel like that's because of your coaching. But like you could tell that they, there was like the amount of supporting that they gave each other, and like there was like never any judgments with like mistakes or anything like that. No which like I remember watching and being like, oh, if I had a team like that, I probably wouldn't have shied away from sports because yeah. it was like the oh, mistakes, good, yeah. and then like the guilt that made me be like, yep, no, I'm not doing this again. No, nope, you know what I mean? No, nope. I I told I told them all, I'm like, show me who's the perfect player, who's the most perfect player on this team. None of you, you guys are all equals on this team. Nobody. And I, I say this at every practice. I said, no one person has ever won a volleyball game by themselves. Yeah. Never in the history of the game. You can't win. You cannot win by yourself. So, you know, I, I, they take that lesson with them. And I will say at the end of the game, I screamed at the girls, was that not the most fun you've ever had? And they were all so sad. And they were like, and then they like came around to her. They're like, yeah, that was really fun. They all just were like jumping up and down at how much fun they had playing the game. And then the opposing team, all their players came up to my girls and we went up to them and they were like, this was so much fun. I can't wait till next year. This was yeah. so exciting. You Even guys are really good. Like, no, you're really good. Yeah, yeah. the parents, the, uh, the and this doesn't really happen. Like all the other parents came up to me and told me what a great team I had and how, 
you know, hard they played and how exciting it was. The ref was like, this was the best game I've seen all season, maybe all my career in sixth yeah, grade. It was a really exciting years. game. I was literally like, um, why is this? Did so I not go to middle school games? I was like, was I an idiot? I was like, should I even go to, cause it was like really intense. It and was. there was like a couple girls that I literally could imagine them being like, oh, you're going to play volleyball and it's going to take you places. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I, I hope so. So, you know, five out, I only have an, a team of eight. You know, on, on on court, you have six at all times. Yeah, yeah. I only have two alternates. I don't have a big team. Some teams have 15, 20 girls on the team. Oh, wait, the other team did they have like six girls like on the bench. Yeah. I think they had like 12, 12 girls, 12 or 13 girls. So I don't have a lot of subs. I don't have a lot of backup I, at all. So I have to really rely on the girls that I have and they all fucking stepped up. They all stepped up. I, I couldn't be more proud. I could not be more proud of them. So, you know, we lost one and I don't know, we have a couple of games left, but you know, it is, it is what it is. And I, I, we had, you know, Halloween yesterday and I had the parade at, at their school. So I go to school and they all come up to me in their little costumes. They're like, oh my God, yesterday was so much fun. I had the best time. It was so much fun. I can't Aww. wait to play that school again next year. We're going to kill them next year. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so just to know that they're looking forward to more of this because they had such a good time now. That's, it's really important. You know, also five out of my eight girls, they're playing club this year. So everybody better look the fuck out. This is all their first year playing club, which means that they're just they are just sharpening their their craft, their tools. Yeah. So I'm excited. Your te your team looked more together and rehearsed than the other team. The I other agree. team kind of looked like a bit of a free for all. They were, and that's that was part of the reason why we didn't win is because they could they could definitely get the ball over and they could definitely you know play. They they also had like one or two girls who were like powerhouse right. servers, right? But there's there's a structure to volleyball, yes. right? There is a cadence and a tempo to volleyball. And and when you don't have that to play off of another team, you get thrown off. And yeah. also, honestly, up until this point, we've pretty much blown through every other team because we're good. Yeah. We've blown through every yeah. other team. So we haven't had a lot of gameplay practice. It's more just like on the court, like at practices, but we haven't actually had practice in actual games, like playing other people. So whatever, it's great. It was so much fun. I, I don't regret a second of it, you know? And then, like I said, when we had Halloween and the, I, I, I have no energy. I don't know if it's because of all the drinks I had. I don't know if it's because of all the sugar I ate. I don't know if it's because of all the running around I did, but today I'm just like, I, I'm as much a zombie right now as I was yesterday with my zombie makeup on. <laughs> Is like, that what you were? I didn't zombie? even take a picture. I like, <laughs> like was so busy, didn't even realize. I wasn't a zombie, I was like a skeleton, a dead, whatever. I don't even know. I was just like, I need something. So I just put makeup on really quickly. Also um, like last week. Yeah. That's <laughs> and then what we I also do. forgot to take a photo last week too. Yeah. We're the fucking Susie's work. like, I have to go do something. And she like took it off and immediately she comes out and was like, Oh, we should have taken a picture. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But speaking of Halloween, we had a little banter on TikTok <laughs> about candy. And there was so much slander about there number one, no slander, all slander. <laughs> number one about what candies are the best, okay, and number two of those candies, how to eat them. So we are going to take a lesson on how Ooh. to properly eat candy. I was like, who puts dots three? And there was a bunch of people who were like, I, I love dots. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. So what's happening? <laughs> So this, this has everything to do with two candies in particular, Snickers and Kit Kats. First, we'll start with the Snickers. I only have the baby I one. I forgot they have baby-sized Snickers. Baby. You should eat the bigger one, though, because then you can really get more of the experience, okay? <laughs> you say so. 
So once gonna, it starts melting in my hands, I'm just gonna put pop it in. My so okay. So then before you do that, okay. So as it comes down, before you even take the wrapper off, just bite this little square of chocolate off. Okay. Just that. So I then there a piece of hair on mine. Okay. Just blame the dog. Okay. Now quickly. God, this is take it out. Insane. Right the other end, and then hold mean? both ends. You're gonna have to hold it for just just a second. But there's caramel there. Just do it. Now hold it. Hold it like a yeah. There's, yep. there's caramel there. You're fine. No, it's sticky. I hate this. Now I hate this so much. Hold it like this. Uh just bite the nougat part off. Uh-uh. Flip it. The underside. The underside? Yes. Now just bite the nougat off. What the heck? Not just that part, the whole, the whole thing. Nugget, yes. Nugget? Like a corn on the cob. I hate, I hate this. I hate this. Yep. Oh my God. Why are you taking such baby dainty bites? What are you? I don't know where. To, I oh, don't wait know. till you get to the peanuts. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. And, I don't even know where I'm at. This is so sticky. I hate and this. And then now you can eat that part. You get just peanuts and caramel and chocolate. And it's so delightful. <laughs> don't die. How good is that? <laughs> what happened? Give me his water. I, I swallowed it. I breathe it. Chocolate. Pause. I'm allergic to this snicker eating process. <laughs> I did. There's stuff all over my fingers. I can't even get the bottle of water open. I hate this. I hate this so a, much. Do you need a napkin, you weirdo? Yes, I do. That should not have been this dramatic, um, everyone. This should do not. You know me. Should not. Do you it's know me so at dramatic. All. Now we're gonna do the same with the Kit Kat. Mm. Oh yeah. Fine, I'll just do it for you. Okay, wait. Now I understand that Khloe Kardashian or one of the Kardashians shared this method. I want everyone to know that I've been eating Kit Kats like this since before she was probably even was born. Was either Courtney or Kim or both? Well, whatever. So again, you just bite off the little end. Okay, but Kit Kats don't have caramel, so. Bite off the other end. I hate this. So then you hold it like this, you see? And then. I've been into the cracker a little bit. It's okay, you can bite into it. And then the side of the chocolate starts to come off. Because there's like a little, there's a little chocolate ledge on it. See? And then you go to the other side. Mm -hmm. Oh, that part just broke right off. See? I still hate it. How have you never tried it like this? It's so weird to me. Because this is psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> but do you see how long we've been able to enjoy it? It's been forever. Now. Am I enjoying it? <laughs> if you want, you can take off each layer. Individually? There's like seven layers or five layers. Yeah. See? Mm. Or at that point, you know, you can stop. But I like it. You got... So many different bites. Hmm. I have never actually tasted just a wafer part. And isn't it delicious? Okay, I didn't hate that one as much as the Snickers, but I still don't love it. And now, for my final fuck you. <laughs> That's, I'm not eating that. It was really very surprising to me how many people did not like Dots. What do you mean? Eat it. No. Fine. I hate gummy stuff. I really hate dots. It's so good. No, it's not. 
It's just chewy and fruity. I hate both of that. That's good. I love it. What not to like? All of it. The chewiness, the flavor. Mm. I will say green is not my favorite, but anyway. Is green ever? Is it sour apple? What? Lime. Mm. I don't like citrus. The strawberry ones are the best. You're sure you don't want it? I'll share it with you. I'll give it to you. How about you that? Oh my God. Why is it warm? It's been Why my, is it warm? It's been in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, see, these remind me of like, I really hate this. I like it because it stays with you. <laughs> it just popped in my mouth. Are you supposed to do that? What? No. What's that over there? <laughs> what a big baby. <laughs> I don't like carrots and I don't like ducks. Okay. Mm. The aftertaste isn't horrible, but I hate everything else about it. Mm, so good. It's so the good. strawberry part. I do love strawberry flavored things. But a lot of people were saying that it's an actual ideal scenario. Which, what is dots? Mm -mm. That you like certain things and I like certain things, but they're opposite, which means that we don't ever have to worry about having to fight over candy. candy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like when there's... One Reese is left at her house. It's like, who's going to eat it? I'm going to eat it. I will literally throttle you and I will take it. <laughs> All right. So we are going to read. So we've been getting a bunch of write-ins in. They're my favorite. We do still need a bunch of people to write in for cultural food stories and to give us foods to eat for the next episode. But we have also been getting a bunch of other different types of write-ins, including feedback, stories, things like that. So we're going to read a couple of those. Before we play a fun game of this or that, or would you rather? Would you rather? Would you oh boy. rather? I feel like you and I, no, you and me doing a would you rather or a whatever. I think it's going to be, um, I think we're going to have a lot of controversial and there's opposing gonna be opinions. There's going to be some screaming. I think there's going to be some, some very vehement disagreements because somebody is always wrong. Somebody is going <laughs> to go shrieking a little bit. You're more of a shrieker than I am, so fine by me. All right. Let's see what this, this listener had to say. Hey, CJ and Ed. Hope you two are fine. You can just call me D. 13, almost 14, male. Aw. Oh, wow. Oh, hi. Cute. Filipino mixed white. Yes, I think both of you are cool. Not dusty and old. LOL. <laughs> Thanks. I know I'm not dusty and old. D. I mean, you know. Um, almost. I feel like I'm always stuck in both worlds of my identity. There are times where I wish I was full Filipino and embraced it more and same with wishing to be fully white and just to fit in more. It's always pained me that I can barely speak the language. It's something I've always wanted to learn and speak, but it's just so hard. In school, I always claim to be just full Filipino or never mention anything about being mixed because it's not like they would ever see me as white. Plus I pass more as Asian. But yes, I have those moments where I wish I was full white and be one of those popular boys. Oh, you can be, okay, sorry. Whenever it's just me and my dad, I honest, I'm honestly embarrassed and I can just feel a judgment that I look so different from my dad. I always want to relate to other Asians and their experiences, even though I'm blessed with a wonderful mom. I always wanted that generational trauma to connect with others. No, you don't. I was going to say, you don't. You don't. Um, my mom has never been super strict on education like most traditional Asians. Of course, she's fine with A's and is fine with B's and even C's maybe. This has made me 
enforce a mindset of only A's and to strive to be the very best and smartest. Heck, even before writing this email, I was studying on how to get in Columbia University and Ivy schools. At 13? Sorry for this being sort of long, but thanks. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Hugs. Kisses, kisses, kisses. Um, D. This is really well thought out for someone of your age. Yeah. And I think, you know, you having this kind of consciousness to even think about these things says a lot about you as a person. Um, I don't, you know, I understand, you know, I have, I have mixed kids myself and I know that sometimes identity is something that they, I don't want to say struggle with, but it's definitely something that is, you know, on their minds. Um, but I think you can embrace both. And I don't think you have to only be one or the other to try to fully understand, you know, who you are and who you are is, is exactly that a combination of many things. And I know it can be hard, especially when trying to fit in and wanting to fit in. But I will say this, you know, you understanding how fitting in is challenging gets you even further ahead than a lot of other kids, you know, that may not, you know, be where you are in, yeah. in their in their journeys in their lives. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I used to feel the opposite way when I was a kid. I used to be like jealous of kids who were like half race mixed races because I was like, wow, you. I guess it was like a jealousy of you being the best proximity of to oh, whiteness. Right, okay. You know what I mean? Because it's like you don't have to deal with all this bullying and stuff. But the more I interacted with people, Asian Americans, people of color, biracial people, multiracial people, I realized that we all pretty much kind of go through similar struggles with identity in general. Right. You know, we look one way, but we feel another way. We're treated one way and differently in another place. And so, like, don't focus too much on the granular and just remember that like human experiences are human experiences. And I think you're going to have a really great future ahead of you. As long as you continue to be very self-aware and just try to work towards what you need to do to get where you want to be in life. But very impressed by your letter. Thank you for writing. And it. also I don't, I, I hope you can, I hope you hear what I say. Like, I don't want you to ever wish to be anything that you're yes. not. No. And, and I say that because I spent a lot of time wishing that I was something different. I wish that I had X, Y, Z qualities about me, but the more I, and, and I, I am old and perhaps a little dusty, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's because, because I'm old, I've lived a long enough life to have felt one certain way, thinking I would never feel a different way and then arrived at a different place. And it's because I knew that I never wanted to be different from what I am. You know, I, I, but it takes a while, you know, it, it's a journey for all of us. And I, I know you're going to yeah. get there because you're already, you're way ahead of me, you know, at, at 13, you're way ahead of where I was, you know, for sure. Yeah. And even the people that you think are confident because they're popular or whatever, I guarantee you, they're all going through the same feelings of feeling like they're an imposter or not feeling comfortable in their skin and wishing that they were someone else. That's a very universal feeling. So yeah, yeah don't. You're going to be great. And thank you for writing to us. Yeah. You know, I don't get a lot of emails and stuff from 13, 14 year old kids. Well, actually I do actually more than you would think, but it's nice to, to have one. Hi, awesome people. I have a weird question for your podcast. I love weird questions. I'm three months pregnant. Ooh, congratulations. And my smell to gag reflex is just ruining my life. So relatable. This is something I can totally relate to. I don't. I work at the office three days a week and share a space with the loveliest Indian man. We are not super close. He started a couple of months ago in our busiest time, so we haven't gotten the chance to become buddies yet. 
He snacks and eats his lunch at his desk, which normally would be completely fine. But in the last six or so weeks, my smell sensitivity has been driving me crazy. And although his food looks delicious, I can't stomach the smell. I don't want to share my pregnancy news yet. What can I do? Ooh, that is complicated. That is complicated. I can relate to both. That is a tough one because the first seven months of my pregnancy with my second daughter, I threw up five times a day, all day, every day. It was awful. It was awful. I was like, how am I gaining weight? I can't keep anything down. It was awful. And the smell of anything, onions, garlic, kimchi, everything was just like, and then I would just, you know, vomit. Um, so, (laughs) so I totally get it. And you're also wanting to be sensitive to the cultural foods of a coworker. Um, God, I don't know if I have any advice for that because you don't want to, and I would, I would obviously like blame it on the pregnancy because that's what it is. But she's not but ready, she's to, not share, ready to share yeah. that. So that's really difficult. Um, I mean, the only thing, the only things that I can think of is that you leave the office every day during lunchtime. And I don't have any specific experience with this, but I hear that coffee beans really help to neutralize smells. It neutralizes the smell just in your nasal cavity, but it but doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Maybe during room. lunch times, maybe she can just like have a can of coffee beans. There like are um, right under her. Gingers are a really good thing for nausea. Um, there's also a medication called Diclegis that I believe is approved. It, it was in Canada for a long time, but I believe they have it now in the United States, oh. which was the only thing that helped me in the, and I was really anti-medication, anti, I, I had like unmedicated births. Like I really wanted my births to be as, you know, unmedicated as possible. And by the end of that seventh month, I was like, fuck it, hand me the fucking Diclegis. And it, it felt like night and day. Um, you try any of the candy ginger. I heard that works. Yeah, the ginger candies work. Okay. And there's lollipops that you can get too. Um, but I would definitely look into the ginger candies yeah, to start. The only other thing I can think of that's sad is like me picturing you hiding in a bathroom stall during lunch. And that's that's not a way to live. Maybe not during can, a pregnancy. Are you allowed especially. to go outside and just like get fresh air? Yeah, that's what I mean. I, the best advice I could probably have is to try to not be in the office during lunchtime. Yeah, and I bet your doctor would write you a note if you needed one for like work or whatever that says that, you know, for medical reasons or, you know, whatever you need to be, you know, outside for certain yeah. times of the if day. You can get out during lunchtime. That's what I would probably be the best suggestion. Oh my God. Or maybe you can like offer to go to lunch with that guy somewhere. Yeah. You know, Hey, you want to go get a sandwich? I guess that's not like a <laughs> daily thing, but you could do that once in a while at least, you know? Yeah. Try it. I'm really sorry that you're feeling that way though. I really understand how fucking awful it can be. I have be. a sensitive nose, so like I kind of get nope, it, but not, no but not really. You have, yeah. nope, sorry. I love you. You can't, you yeah, can't that's relate. what I'm saying. <laughs> I have a sensitive nose, so like I understand that part, but. No, it's like the smell of anything. I couldn't be next to my husband. The smell of like his like pheromones. I was like, get away from me. You fucking stink. You're disgusting. (laughs) I couldn't, any food cooking in the house, get it out of here. He would bring home dinner. Get it out of here. Get everything, throw everything away. Throw everything away. My own shampoo. I was like, Oh, that I've been using forever. I was like, I can't even smell it. That's so So, wild. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not a joke. It's like your body is like really doing something. (laughs) It's awful. Yeah. Maybe it's the kid. It's like, I hate these smells. It's just crazy because my kid loves food. 
<laughs> she'll eat anything. All the foods that gave me like adverse reactions, she's like, oh, well, this is my favorite. I'm like, it's weird. It's so strange. Anyway, strange. you read this one. I don't want to read today. I'm so tired. <laughs> this is from an anonymous writer and they wrote, my job has turned me racist. Well, that is quite the attention grabber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh geez. No. Are you okay. a police officer? Okay. <laughs> Are you in Congress? <laughs> yeah. I, female 45, moved to a very touristy area seven years ago and got a hospitality sales job. I moved from Los Angeles and was moved from Los Angeles. So more touristy than Los Angeles? I moved from Los Angeles and was in the entertainment industry for 15 plus years and consider myself very liberal, liberal left-leaning and anti-racist. However, about two years into my new job, racism towards a specific nationality started brewing inside of me. I'm a little nervous for where this is going. And me too. As my experience grew with this nationality, so did my anxiety. My coworkers feel the same way across the board. We commiserate with each other about our feelings towards this nationality. We just have to say a common surname for this nationality, and we all know what frustrations the other is dealing with. In the beginning, I would rationalize with myself by saying they grew up with these traditions of heavy negotiations and never take the price given, and that's different from how I grew up. I'd say I recognize their cultural differences, and I just didn't like it because I wasn't used to it. Mm. But it grew tiresome, constantly combating specific people who wanted discounts and deals that just didn't exist. And it is combat. This specific nationality has negotiations in their DNA. The parents taught them and so on and so on back generations, taking no isn't in their culture. Badgering salespeople is natural where they grew up. Even though I recognize it, I've come to loathe helping them. I see a surname on an email or caller uh. ID and want to run. It's gotten bad as the years go by. I can honestly say I have negative interactions with 85 to 95% of the people of this nationality I assist. My thoughts are ugly. I don't want to have a blanket of dislike for an entire country's people. I don't like judging someone negatively prior to them speaking, but I do. I can't help it and I need help. How can I get better? That is very tough. Um, I think what you're talking about um, is a cultural thing. Uh, there are lots of cultures, Asian included, uh, a lot of Middle Eastern cultures. Like my mom would haggle everywhere. It was so embarrassing. I hated it. I would Same. I would make her stop. I'd be like, stop, mom, we're at Express. She's not gonna get <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? There's no discounts. So, so I work in, retail essentially. And I know what she's talking about, what they're talking about. Um, there are definitely some cultures that are accustomed to doing that. This is how you shop in certain countries. So like, I know many what you're talking countries. about. Many, maybe most, maybe most countries. It's just not, it's just not something that's widely practiced here. And I will say you can haggle here in America too. Yeah. We just don't. You I've haggled Car prices. salesman, like that's, that's I've haggled thing. prices down at Best Buy. Yeah, it can and it does happen. It's just not something that is generationally taught like mm -hmm. it is taught to like yep. my parent. Like, so my husband who is white um, and I obviously am not, when we have an exchange or an experience with like a customer service interaction, I'm like, no, we should be getting at least 10% off for that. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm like, no, yeah. we should, th this yeah. was not how it was supposed to be. There should be some kind of compensatory situation. Yeah, customer he's like, service. He's like, no, it's, known it's in Korea. just fine. I'm like, it's, yaba, it's not fine. Yeah. It's not fine. And, and he just, 
he just accepts it where I'm like, I'm so sorry. This was supposed to be this way. And this is obviously not how this ended up. So is there something that we can do? Yeah. And, and a lot of larger corporations, they don't give it to you unless you, you ask. ask like Amazon. So Amazon. I understand what you're talking about and I experience it all the time. Mm -hmm. I experience it all the time. Well, so is this your best price? Can you give mm -hmm. us a discount? I'll send more customers if you give me a discount. I know what you're talking about. I mean, shit, even at our gallery and our clothing store, we used to have Asian people come in and be like, we get an Asian discount. Oh, yeah. like, I don't fucking know you. No, that, I, I get don't that know all the time. You. I'm yeah, like, you want me to give you. you the bro deal? I don't even know you. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Um, so how I combat that, I mean, first of all, I don't think you could put it on any one ethnicity. I don't think you can put it on any one type of person that has a type of surname. I think what you have to do is get out of your mindset that the way that you live and the way that you experience, I don't know, capitalism is the same for everybody. It's not. And I think if you start to understand the cultural nuances of these other people's life experiences outside of the United States, you could be like, okay, I understand why they're like this. It's because this is how it is done where they are from. And I have to be more open and accepting to the idea that that is something that I have to deal with if I'm gonna be doing this job. And that's just that, you know, that that's as simple as it can be. Yeah, you have to see, the reason why you're turning racist is because you're telling yourself a narrative and you keep validating right. it every time it happens right. by telling yourself this narrative. And the best thing to change anything is you have to start telling yourself other narratives by trying to put yourself into their position. Like Susie just said, you know, sometimes I negotiate too, maybe not in sales, but like when something happens, like I think I deserve this and this, like, and when you start seeing yourself in that way, the hate starts to dissolve because it becomes a human thing and not a race specific thing. Right. Like I used to work as a server for a really long time and it was hard to start not feeling a little racist towards people of color because they maybe weren't as great of tippers or anything, you know what I mean? And then it wasn't until I had a conversation with my mom where my mom was like, yeah, 10%. I was like, no mom, standard is 20. 20. And it was then that I was like, you know what? Most people just have never worked in the industry and right. they just don't understand how it works. Right. And once I came to that realization and put my mom in the shoes of those people, it stopped becoming about race and it just started becoming a people problem and an educational problem or a cultural problem. Maybe not problems at the right word, difference, cultural differences, right. you know, or just lack of knowledge or things like that. So you really just have to, in, every time that happens, even if they are of that nationality, instead of being like, oh, it's because of that, right. you just have to start telling yourself something different. And little by little, you're going to chip away, or maybe all at once you're going to be like, oh, fuck, man, that was a shitty thing for me to do. Right. And hopefully you uncondition yourself. But the fact that you recognize there's a problem is a really good first step. It's just, that's not the only step. It's right. a continual work thing that you have to do every time. Every time you feel those negative feelings, you, what you're basically doing is you're putting in work to validate yourself. You have to put in work to tell yourself the other thing every time. It's called conditioning and unconditioning. But you'll get there, hopefully. And I don't think you're becoming racist. No. I just think that <clears throat> you're just kind of reinforcing a lot of your biases yeah. um, and putting it under a label. And I don't think you're necessarily hating the per the, the culture or the race or whatever. No. You just hate this aspect of something that you just don't like dealing with. Yeah. And that's and very different than being racist, a, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, not everybody from that race is going to be that way. And you know that. Not only that, but right. sometimes even when we get frustrated, I think we like put it on someone else that they frustrated us. Right. 
instead of being like, you know what, I can take actions to, to bring myself down. You know what I mean? And awareness is key, but yeah, we, we have to, it's an active work to undo your biases. Yeah. Now for the, would you rather portion of our game show? Also known as this or that. Whatever. I'm going to go first. Would you rather be able to eat anything you want and have it be perfect nutrition or have to only sleep one hour a day and be fully rested? I know which one I'm picking. Wait, say that one more time? Would you rather be able to eat anything you want and have it be perfect nutrition or only sleep one day? And Oh, oh like, so. the former, obviously. Yeah. The sleep. I just eat whatever I want. I already only sleep four hours a day. So the one hour thing is like, man. And if I only have to sleep one hour, then I can spend the rest of that time eating perfect nutrition. <laughs> you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll if, gain an extra seven, yeah. eight hours. If I could eat Six, like a hours. tub of fried chicken and not get the itis, which then will make me pass out for hours, then yeah, I already- Yeah, for sure. Back to my four hour sleeping well, cycle. I'm one of those people, I, I definitely don't feel like I have enough hours in the day. So I would 100% take that one yeah. hour and be fully rested. I can sleep seven hours and be like, I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> so 100%. Oh, so you would pick the hour? Of sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought we were in agreement this whole time for some Oh, you picked the food? Reason. Yeah, for some reason, we were not hearing each other. <laughs> I picked the food. What? Yeah. Why? Because, like, food gives me dopamine, but I can't eat food all day because I get, I, I pack on pounds very quickly. No, but it's not it's not saying you can eat whatever you want. It's just saying you could eat and eat have perfect nutrition. That is a very different th scenario than what you're saying. Wait, no, that I I took that as in like you can eat however much you want and it would be perfect nutrition as in like you won't get fat. Oh, see, that's not how I interpreted it at all. I just interpreted it like you will have all the nutrients that you need. That's, that's good for you. Stupid. Well, it doesn't say anything about weight. I mean, you're projecting a little that's bit. That's how I Edward. interpreted it. it, it. Um, yeah. Well, no. then, yeah, I guess maybe sleep. Oh, Ed. Just read the next one. <laughs> do, 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 no. Do, do, do. <laughs> Would you rather give up air conditioning? Oh, hells no. And heating for the rest of your life or give up the internet for all oh, the rest of your life? Internet. No, you need the internet to live. I can't do banking. I can't do my job. If I, I use the internet a lot on my phone, it'll get hot and that'll be like a heater. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, but I love air conditioning so much. Yeah, but like. That would be so sad. I hope this doesn't happen. I don't have to make this if, choice. If I had to make that choice, I'd rather have internet and just wear. Booty shorts. I would wear very short shorts. Is that your solution? Thongs. Yeah, I would Ooh, just you just outside? I would just be that basically feels naked. feels unsanitary. Well, then give me what air conditioning. What if you have to sit at a bus stop? That seems like the next person's problem, not mine. <laughs> not if the person right before you was, you know. <laughs> then I wouldn't see it. You might, that, but you can't always see bacteria. You can't, oh, you can't ever see bacteria. Would you rather solve world hunger or cure cancer? Boring. Um, hunger. Cancer. I go hunger. The the thought and idea of like children being malnourished and starving it like breaks my heart and like I like it, that kind of stuff keeps me up at night. And I know that you know, obviously curing cancer. If I could have a second choice, would be the next one. But like, 
starving children. First of all, starving children shouldn't even be a problem, right? That shouldn't even exist. So the fact that it exists at all is already disheartening enough, but. Neither should kids going through chemo. Sure, of course, but. I didn't say that because other kids will eat, other kids should have cancer. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't I'm, say that. No, no, no. I'm saying like, for me, I chose cancer because like the thought of little kids going through chemo. Sure, of course. I'm like, no, we can't yeah. have that. Right, but solving world hunger is something that we could do right now if we Which wanted to. Which is why I chose to. cancer. Right. Right, but that's, that's like saying. something that seems like it's not happening. Yeah, maybe that's a good point. Because then, like, we can figure out how to get people fed as long as we stop being greedy. I mean, Jeff but Bezos the, could turn around and feed everybody exactly. tomorrow. But the cancer thing—it's like we've been going at it for decades well, now, that's and a good we point. we can. You guys, a good point. Next one. I hope they're not all this depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather? Scream at full volume whenever you speak, which already <laughs> happens. Wait. <laughs> or run at full speed whenever you need to travel by foot. <laughs> that would be so funny. What if, if you're like walking in a group of people, you're like, you just, I'll see you guys over there. Yeah. <laughs> so you're basically flash. If the, if the ladder doesn't come with sweating, I would choose the ladder. Same, same. Cause what if you have to like whisper? <laughs> Also, I don't understand, maybe because we already both have loud voices. I'm like, why is that something desirable? Like, why would you want that? I don't think either of those things are desirable. That's the point. You have to choose the one that's least desirable. Not, nobody wants to be able to have to walk full speed every oh, time you yeah, go yeah. anywhere. I was thinking of it as superpowers. As an advantage? Yeah, no. Yeah. That's why I literally was like, it's like the flash. No, yeah, anywhere I'd rather, you go. I'd rather have to run full speed every yeah, time. Yeah, because. You would look ridiculous. But at least like in movies. <laughs> I, I can't wait for this movie to start yeah. here. It's really good. What time is it? How long have we been here? <laughs> Imagine being like at a wedding or a funeral and being like, I'm oh, yeah. hungry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Sorry, we just yelled. <laughs> Hopefully Ron will fix the volume on those parts. Weird one, I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> Oh God. Oh, oh, this is a good one. Would you rather have an obsessive, insane person love you or hate you? Oh my God, that's terrifying. That's like a very fine line, love and hate of that magnitude, especially. Oh that's God. why when you're in love, that's why when you're married, you have crazy fights because teeter tottering. Oh God. Love. Hate. But love at that level is like you said, no longer love, right? Because then it gets like really scary. So I had this. I wouldn't call him a stalker. Like fetishization, technically. I wouldn't call him a stalker, but in college there was a guy who would always be very persistent about pursuing me, and it got to the point where I was just like kind of scared of him, and like I, I convinced myself that he probably wasn't. You know, he was probably harmless, and it was probably fine. But it did leave me just like anytime I like heard a noise, I was like, oh my God, is that him here? Is he at my door again? Is he, you know, it was, it was like that. But like he'd come to my door and it would be like really sweet. And he'd like give me like a little gift. I'd be like, that, that's getting scary. And I don't want that. Please stop. I hate it. I had, I had someone I had to basically get like a restraining order against. And like, even when I moved from Philly to here, I hadn't seen her in like years. You had to get a legitimate restraining order on somebody? Much, oh yeah. fuck. And then like the week before I moved from Philly, I moved out of my house in Philly to move 
to, back to LA, I randomly one day saw her standing across the street from my house. Just oh, this at bitch. House. Yeah, no, I was like, no. Get the fuck out of here. So, like, no. I don't really know how to answer that question. No, but, the, but also hate. Like, I've had, like, some online people, like, hate me yeah. and, like, try to find me and stuff. And that's fucking That's what I'm saying. Terrifying. That's why I think, like, the lesser of the two might be love because I get that both instances might but lead to But if they love death. you and you're with somebody else, they might kill the person you love. That's what I'm saying. Either way, it's going to lead towards death, but I would Everybody rather dies. I would rather them love me. We're all going to die. Forget keep it. your enemies close, right? That's the thing. It's like, I'd rather them love me so I can keep an eye on them because if you hate me, then you're lurking somewhere in the shadows and that's too much of an If you're keeping your enemy an close, then you're keeping the person that hates you close, not the person that loves you. Because the person that loves you is not your enemy. That's what I mean. So I'd rather choose the love because then I can see what they do. Whereas the haters, they're like unknown, unseeable. It's a bit of a contradiction what you said, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wait, also, I like this question. All right, read it. Would you rather be able to converse with non-humans animals or have lifelong fluency in every human language? You don't like that question? Oh my God, I would die to be able to speak to animals. Because I can't choose. <laughs> I want to talk to my dog so bad. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's so important. It would be so cool to know every language. They have those like interpreting things now where you like yeah, put it okay. in here and they- yeah, You know what? I can learn a language, but I'll yeah. never be able to talk to my dog. Yeah, no, no, no. Although sometimes movies, so they do make it seem like there's some technology that could be made in some future where we can understand our dogs, but- Oh, I feel like that's further away. All Huey would say is, I'm hungry again. <laughs> yeah. That's all he would say. My butthole itches and I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> What's this taste like? What's this taste yeah. like? What's all this day taste long. like? That's all cold. day long. Yeah. Right, I'm going to pull this one. So we kind of already do talk to our dogs. Kind of. Ask <laughs> it. Uh, would you rather eat fried chicken that smells like poop or poop? That smells like fried chicken. Remember, smells smells tied to taste. Like for instance, did you did you see those um I would much rather have poop that smells like fried chicken. I don't want to eat wait. Look. Because if you if smell is such a big part, a big component of, of eating. So yeah. I can just flush my chicken fried fried chicken smelling poop down the toilet. <laughs> right. Wait, I'm confused. So you would pick the poop? Yeah. Well, the the poop that smells like fried chicken because I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay, so in one, you're eating poop. No. No. Yes. You're no. Eat fried chicken that smells like poop. It's still fried chicken. You're picking the fried chicken. No, I'm picking the poop that smells like. Oh, oh, eat. Yes. Start over. (laughs) I see what you're saying. Okay, I was like, you want me to poop? Like I'm so confused. I thought you were saying my poo smells like fried chicken. No. I was like, that's you, fine. I don't care about you that. You either have to eat poop. I don't want to eat poop at all. Yeah, see, that's a tough part. But then you were okay, eating- Okay, let me read that again. Would I rather eat fried- Okay, start over. Would you rather eat fried chicken that smells like poop or eat poop that smells like fried chicken? And let's also remember, change out smells with taste because it smells so that, taste. that second eat would have been very important here. Okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, eat fried chicken. So this one's hard because outwardly you're either eating fried chicken or someone sees you eating shit, but in your head, you're either eating shit or tasting shit or tasting fried chicken. I feel like I would still rather rather taste a fried chicken. What? I'd rather taste a fried chicken. And you'd eat poop? (laughs) You would eat a big dookie? (laughs) Look. You're a dookie eater? 
Actually, part of my fried no. chicken is the crispiness. So if I can get the poop to have that crispy <laughs> layer. Oh, God. I can't. Oh, God. Oh, God. I would. I would have. You would rather eat the fried chicken. Because at but, least it's still chicken. Yeah, but you'd be gagging not... the whole time because it literally tastes and smells like poop. I don't, I don't like it. So I feel like I feel like I would rather eat the poop. Don't eat the poop. But at least it would taste like. I was like watching like, don't eat the poop. Oh my god, it hurt. Please don't eat the poop. I'll do anything if you don't eat the poop. Great. Now, now my haters have a soundbite of me saying I would rather eat poop. That's great. I will eat your shit. <laughs> oh god. Would you rather have your food overcooked or undercooked? Over. Under. Like pork and chicken? You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get some kind of worm and you're going to die. thought of eating like overcooked steak makes me want to throw up. Yeah, but, well, you're the, also the guy who will eat poop, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I also will eat my steaks raw, too. So See, like yeah, but undercooked food. Oh, God, but then like overcooked vegetables. Ugh. Oh my god! Oh my god! You like overcooked? Oh, actually, the thought of undercooked vegetables is gross. Like, can I still eat raw food? I don't know. Like, can I eat raw? Like, can I eat a salad? Maybe it'll accidentally be raw, but it was supposed to be a souvl. No, something. Overcooked food is not good, but undercooked food can make you sick. So I gotta still stick with overcooked. Fuck. Undercooked. Oh, would you rather be a member of the Kardashian family or a member of the Obama family? Sign what? me up. What? That's Michelle crazy. Obama is my sister. This is the best day ever. <laughs> oh, I guess that might be Barack's sister, but yeah. Or I could be one of their kids. That would be amazing. Call, calling Michelle Obama my mom. Mommy. <laughs> I think I'd rather be a Kardashian. You are insane. <laughs> I think being an Obama is too much pressure. But see, but this okay, so this is my this is my train of thought, right? Being an Obama means that I have to be on and right. That's not true. All the time. No, their kids are living pretty no, no, no. normal lives. They are pretty li leading pretty normal lives, but like as a Kardashian, the standard at which I'm being held to is so low. Are you insane? Have yeah. you lost your fucking mind? Wait, what do you? They are constantly getting surgeries. They're constantly being photographed. No, no, no. It, are... doesn't, it doesn't say you have to do any of that. They're but just... if you are a member of that family, that will now be yours. But you're saying that's the expectation. Well, like Rob Kardashian doesn't. But what I'm saying is that why is the expectation of being Obama, an Obama that you have to be perfect, but not the same as a Kardashian? Because they're a train wreck of a family. That have that are billionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they like I have so many controversies that I'm saying the standard is so low that like I don't have expectations to live up to. And that's like So you want to be the dirtbag Kardashian? That's like the worst thing you could possibly well, be instead that's of just what being I'm a regular say. Kardashian. But that's what I'm saying. Just because you're a Kardashian doesn't mean you have to be a dirtbag. You're just a part of that family. Have you yet to meet one that isn't well, one? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could be me, but if I was just happened to be a part of the Kardashian family- Wouldn't then... you rather be part of a family that is like yeah. philanthropic and sure. like, you know, changing yeah. the- But not, you no, know, because you said no. No, because only because <laughs> then as an Obama, I would have so much expectation that like the smallest, like, like let's say for instance, if I got caught 
You're not really saying that the Kardashians aren't constantly being scrutinized, are you? That's insane. No, they are being scrutinized, but it's at a different level. It is constant, it unrelenting. Is, it is constant. They cannot go and do anything. No, 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 that is true. They do have eyes on them all the time, but I'm just saying that like, see my life mantra has always been no expectations so that like, you wanna set expectations low so that anything you do seems above, above and beyond. Whereas if the bar is set high, unless you're constantly delivering at that high performance level, if you dip even, even if you just like go barely below to be normal, all of a sudden you're being scrutinized because you're not at your best all the time. Whereas with the Kardashians, the expectation is so low that even if I was to just be a normal uh, human I, what, being, what, they'd be like, whoa, you are just, you're probably like the best Kardashian. Is, I don't understand is how you can perceive that the standards of being a Kardashian is so low. It is. Am I? Insane? No, because like, let's say for instance, every single one you of them- You think that their mom doesn't put this insane amount of pressure on them to be oh, no, 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 what no. they are. Pressure is different than standards of expectations. No, they're not. For instance, like if, if, well, Molly, if Molly Obama yeah. did cultural appropriation, she'd be done. If okay. she culture appropriated someone because the expectation of her is so high because she's so right, her family does the right thing all the time. Okay, not a great example though. But, <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. But the Kardashians, each and every single one of them have so culturally then you, appropriated so much, yet they continue to thrive because the expectation of them is so low. So then are you saying that you would be a Kardashian and then help bring them up? No, <laughs> I'd be a Kardashian so that I can be who I am now without being scrutinized. If I was who I was now, I would not live up to the Obama standard. I, I and hear I that. I would be like the black sheep. But and why I, you keep saying that the Kardashians are not scrutinized? They are in the public eye 24 hours a day. No, no, no but being in the public eye and having a standard is different. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Yeah, this does. level of scrutiny and the pressure that they're probably under to constantly be who they are must be so insane and so intense. It is. But for instance, if. Malia Obama Malia. was Malia Obama was the one who did that Pepsi commercial. They'd be done. I I understand what you're saying. But Kendall Jenner, because the expectation of the Jenners and Kardashians are so low, they're just like you know what? I think I think they're, I think what you're doing idiots. is maybe it's a semantic issue that I'm having with with what you're saying is Which because seems to happen you sometimes. you keep saying that their expectations are so low, yes. their standards are so low. Not they, their standards. No, the, the, standards the standards that, that are being society. Up holds them to. What you're saying well. is that they can just keep kind of coming back is what you're saying, but that does nothing to do with the amount of scrutiny that they endure. I'm not endure. talking about scrutiny. I'm talking about the standards. But their standards are still very not high. their standards. The standards that society holds them to is still very high. You think if they all just stop doing, they all just stop doing plastic surgery and they only, all stop their that's show. That's what I'm about to say. The standards for the Kardashian is only high from a aesthetic standpoint. Which is a constant thing is, that they always is. have to but do. But that's something that I can live up to if I wanted to, you know what I mean? The having but to what like- what do you want to is what I'm saying. Like for instance, like I'm a huge stoner, right? If I was an Obama and the, and the public found out I was a stoner, I would be the fucking loser of the family. And why would I wanna be the loser of the family when in the Kardashians, I can be like, oh, the Kardashians are shit, but like Ed Kardashian, he's a good guy. You see what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think that that works that way. It I don't, I don't think that work. there's enough differentiation. I think they're all I kind of, I is. don't, I do not. I, that's, I, 
your opinion. Well, I mean, again, yes, and yours is wrong. Yours as is usual. Wrong. Yours. As usual, yours is <laughs> no, wrong. I, is right. You know, maybe it's because I think exactly the opposite of you. I think if I always do my best, then I can't be scrutinized for not having done enough in comparison to other people. Yeah. If I always do my best and I always do as much as I can, then I can always be held to but my the own public standards. public doesn't know you do your best. If I'm doing better than those that are around me, then they do know. Yeah, see, that's my point. That's my point. Right. Me as exactly. I am now, if I was a but part of the Kardashian, the I would already be better than But them. you always have to... But <laughs> But what I'm saying is I'd rather be part of a family that's actually doing something, the scrutiny aside, and do more for society and for- I mean, if you take away the expectations of the family, they're the same. They're the same exact family. They have a lot of money. They have a huge platform. That's it. That's really insane that you just said that the Obamas and the Kardashians are the same. I feel like this is, thank you for joining our final episode of What in the Sheep Are because we are so diametrically opposed in every possible way. I don't see how this can continue. My my podcast partner is obviously suffering some kind of medical emergency that he's gonna need to take a hiatus for because he just said that the Obamas and the Kardashians are the same. Thank you and yeah. good night. From, from a perspective where you just strip them down to the bare bones of like the advantage advantages of joining their family, right? Uh-huh. The advantage when like you pick a car, you when you like look at things objectively, but nobody's okay. Take away all of the extra stuff and you just literally break it down to what it is. Like this is an off-roading vehicle. This is an off-roading vehicle. This is a famous family with a platform and money. This is a famous pla family with platform and money. Now, are there a lot of details that make them different? Of course, but I'm saying like when you're choosing something This from is a truck that will drive you into a much better future. This is a, a truck that will drive you into the bottom of the fucking pits of hell. Yeah, but that's what I'm it's, saying. It, you're it, not looking at objectively. Trucks, the, the, you're where the trucks adding, are going is very you're different. adding narratives to them because uh, the truck- uh, A truck is a truck. That was the whole question. That was the question. No, it's- a, a family is not a family. A truck is not a truck. Yeah, it is. Oh my God. A family is a family. That, so, so every family yeah, is but the from same. this perspective, like think about it from this perspective. Okay. So see, I, I think we approach the question differently. I look at objectively as like, what do I have to gain from joining this family? Which basically what I can take from them is- See, and I'm thinking, what can I contribute to this family to no, make it better? See, that's why our conversations is totally different because you're looking at it as in like, how, which family would I rather choose? And I'm looking at it as in like, what can I get from the Obamas? What can I get from the Kardashians? For me, it's the same power, uh, fame, platform, money, fame, platform, money. For me, I would rather, cause this has been my life mantra this whole time is like keep expectations low. So that like, whenever you do stuff, because like when I was a kid growing up, I was a smart kid. So like, if I didn't get an A, I always felt like there was something wrong with me. So I took, that's where like the Chandler thing came in mm -hmm. and I became the goofball so that the expectation that I was smart got replaced with, oh, the expectation is Ed is just a class clown. So whenever I did get straight A's, people were like, holy shit, Ed's smart. You know what I mean? Whereas like when I was a smart kid, it was like, that's all I was known for. So like, that's the way I choose it because I'm like, if I'm an Obama, there's this expectation that I have to be in Obama all the time. Whereas if I'm a Kardashian, the expectation is that I'm gonna be this vain, vapid, money hungry person. And when I then am shown that I'm not, then it's like, it's a good Kardashian. Whereas in like, as an Obama, there'd be like, Ed's the black sheep Obama. And I would rather be the good Kardashian than the black sheep Obama.
Yeah, you're right. Our approaches are different. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it like I can contribute to this family. Oh, I could yeah. be an active member of this I family doing that. things to mm-hmm. help. And and be with with their yeah. notoriety, I would have the platform in order to actually, you know, do some real change, uh, some yeah, real change sure. in the world. Not just be like, at least I'm not as bad as them. Yep, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Your motivation. So yes, <laughs> uh, clearly we have very different um, strategies as far as. Because um, I feel bad for those kids, like Malia, Malia. Oh, I keep wanting to say Trump. Malia Obama. I feel like so like even like not even just the Obamas. Like remember the Bushes, like Lar- like the Bush kid daughters. And They're like, doing fine. They were, but you don't remember the amount of scrutiny that they but were under. But it was mostly predominantly during the their time. their fathers, you know, when during their presidencies. Yeah, afterwards because, it's like, eh, yeah, because uh, the microphone's not microscope. Chelsea not Clinton on is living a normal life. Hard. Malia, they're they're living normal lives. The, the, Chelsea uh, Clinton went through a wave after Bill was out of office when people were. But that's because still that's because Hillary was back in politics, and so she mm-hmm. was back yeah, in the limelight again. And so you know, whereas you know the Bush daughters, one is hosting the fucking Today Show. They're not, you know, the the expectation isn't that they have to be these like politically perfect people. They they all go on to live normal lives. I guess the way that I also look at it is like I'm pretty sure the Kardashians are richer. And for me, that resource to be able to help people with that amount of money is also a You didn't case. say you would do shit to help anybody no, if you were was, a Kardashian. Well, that was my point. You yeah, I did. Said, I'd rather be the best Kardashian no, than the worst Obama. <laughs> that was the point though, was that like when I do do, cause like if you're an Obama, you're expected to do philanthropic shit like every day. And like, that's too much pressure that's for not me. true. Why do you think that? Nobody, uh, you're, you you want to talk about creating a narrative. Well, that's what I mean. Just going to college and like, just like living well, their lives. I mean. That's what I feel like when you live in the public eye, people put that narrative on you. And I would rather my but narrative be- you told be, me that I can't create a narrative while you're creating a narrative. I'm not creating, I'm saying that, I'm saying public creates a narrative about us. Right, which is what I did. You said I couldn't do that because I was creating the public narrative, which it does exist that the Kardashians have to be perfect at all times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then I agreed with it. I said from an aesthetic standpoint, whereas the Obamas have to be perfect at all times from a like, what are what did you do today standpoint? If I was like, oh, I just like sat in my room and like smoked weed all day and watched TV, they'd be like, you're a bad Obama. See, I don't feel like that's true. I feel like the Obamas, I feel like the girls, they live relatively normal lives. They have boyfriends. They sometimes smoke cigarettes. They go to parties. I've seen them just doing normal things in their 20s. Now, in their futures, who knows? You know, who knows what what they're going to do, you know, with those futures. But I don't feel like they're constantly, like, in the news. They're not constantly being watched. Well, maybe that's also because they're, like, good good kids. Right. You know what I mean? Well, so that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't want to be thrust into this family that, like, I, I think the Kardashians, if I'm being totally honest, have done so much damage societally and to the psyches of young women and to, you know, women's perceptions of beauty standards. I think that they've really done a lot of, of damage. Now, yeah, no, I'm not saying that they that. haven't done some good. You know, there's definitely some good, but I don't think that from a proportion standpoint that the good that they've done. No, I mean, no one's inherently completely evil. Of course, some people do good stuff, but right. like, I agree with you on 100% all that. I'm just playing objectively in this fun game. I think maybe to me too, legacy wise, historically, I'd rather be part of a family that did more good than bad. But that's where I stand. I come from a family that did inherently a shit ton of evil stuff. So (laughs) So you want to be the best of the the most, the evil. I get it. I mean, yeah, yeah. But like for for me, that was different because like I'm not attached to that side of the family. Right. You know what I mean? It was my dad's side of the family, not my mom, in case you guys are wondering. We'll talk about that at a way later date sometime, maybe, maybe, probably, <laughs> probably. But yeah, I just, uh, 
I'd rather have the resources, you know? I'm vain. I know. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> yeah, but on that note, that was a fun game. I'm hot. <laughs> One of them was the one of the questions I put down was like, "Would you rather be a YouTube star or a TikTok star?" I was like, "What? I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. I don't want to be a star in either. I just want to have a platform to help people." Well, thank you all for listening and watching. Depending on what you're doing, I guess. Tired. <laughs> Susie is shutting. Gear. I'm done. I shut down half an hour ago. <laughs> but on that note, thank you for joining us. Um, we definitely. I'm shutting down too. On that note, yeah. <laughs> On that note, thank you for joining us. We really do enjoy uh, having you guys here. Please make sure you write into us so that we can have more future episodes. Anything you want. We do give advices sometimes as well, you know? I don't know <laughs> why you'd want our advice though. We clearly are so dumb. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I feel like she's projecting it towards one of us. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> See, expectations help. But I'm sorry. That's what you're going to expect now. <laughs> but no, but we do enjoy you guys. Uh, why do I keep saying that? That is not what I want to say. By the way, thank you for joining us on this episode. Make sure you follow us on our socials. You can find me at CJ one on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm at etch a sketch with the J on, you know, the stuff. And you can follow the podcast at what in the Shiba S H I B A L. And please write us to, please write to us at what in the Shiba at gmail.com. Otherwise, if you are watching us on YouTube, thank you. Make sure you like subscribe and ring that bell. Ding. Um, and thank you to all of our Patreons. If you do want to be a part of the show and be one of the producers, make sure you join our Patreon. Uh, the link is provided down below. Otherwise, thank you for joining us and we will see you on the next one. Okay, okay bye. bye. Ed Kardashian signing out. <laughs>